3: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and we are back for another post-game show and another victory post-game show. The Steelers find a way to win, 19 to 16, over the Atlanta Falcons in Week 13. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back road games, back-to-back dome games. Holy cow! Sets up a really pivotal game against the Baltimore Ravens coming up in Week 14. But we're not putting the cart before the horse. We have a lot to talk about this game. Joining me, as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? How's it going?
1: It is going, Jeff. I am so glad that the Steelers fired Mike Tomlin and Matt Candidate at the bye week because they could never win another game with them. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going there. But no, I am so glad that the Steelers did what I said they could do to stick around, go three and one in the third quarter. That's what they did by finishing this one off today.
3: Hello. All right. Brian Davis. What's going on, Brian?
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I am elated, not deflated this week. So that's always a good thing. And I want to channel my inner. I believe it was Nick Nolte in Point Break when he says, Utah, give me two. And guess what? Kenny Pickett just gave
3: you two in a row. Good point and good movie reference. Point break. Awesome movie. Um, Okay. Not my favorite Nick Nolte movie. That's actually Blue Chips, by the way, but still, that's not even there. Blue Chips. (laughs) (laughs) The acting
0: debut of Shaquille O'Neal. Goodness gracious. And
3: Penny Hardaway, I believe, is in that movie as well. How's it not Cape Fear? Nah, it's okay my sorry okay the steelers <laughs> win 1916 and whether we the steelers win or lose we always go into the postgame show the same way and that is knee jerk reaction it's an article we run on behind the steel it's live right now if you want to check it out big bro sco always does that article for us if he's available dave we watched the game together i kind of know what your thoughts were but still tell everyone else what your knee jerk reaction was
1: the knee-jerk reaction was they did what they needed to do to get done. Made me very nervous there in the second half. The Steelers need to find a way to get their touchdown-to-field-goal ratios on scoring drives better in the right direction, and this would have been put away sooner. But I also like how they played things out at the end when it all came. Some people were like, you know, what do you do on that last play, run versus pass? I even like the idea of rolling out your quarterback because he's mobile. He did stumble, which kind of hurt some things there. Um, And I liked the decision to punt and pin them deep because Jeff kept pointing out to me where I was screwing up stuff. Jeff's like, this is a running team they're going against. They're not built to move the ball quickly down the field at the end of the game. And I said, Jeff, you are exactly right. Kudos to you, Jeff. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't even be shocked if the Steelers turn, you know, come out of there and get a takeaway because Mariota has to try to throw the ball down the field and we got it. I'm just, I'm happy because the Steelers have now put themselves in a place to where next week's game is relevant. Next week's game is relevant, and that's what makes me happy.
3: Yeah, when Dave said that Jeff, you were right. I actually said, hold on, let me get my phone out so I can, you, can you please say that one more time.
1: Jeff, you were you were right. You were spot on there. You're like, because I'm like, oh, I could see them taking the timeouts after the two-minute warning. Cause if you get a third and long and it's right before the two-minute warning, you give the team the option to pass. And I'm like, but Jeff's like, this team isn't meant to to move down the the field in two minutes. I'm like, you're you no, you're right, Jeff. They should have, they should have used their timeout sooner.
3: Brian, what's your knee jerk reaction? Well, they did what they had
0: to do to win and they did it and they got it done and kudos, but I kind of feel like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. I'm trying to do the triple Lindy. Then I pull a Greg Luganus instead and I hit my head on the back of the uh, diving board. I go into the water. I poop my pants. I come up just in time to take a bow, slink away. Nobody knows. Nobody's the wiser. I don't feel great about it, but I covered up and I take the W.
3: All right. That is, that is a unique <laughs> way of describing this game. Uh, For me, the knee jerk reaction is the third quarter. Uh, The Steelers had been absolutely dreadful coming out of the break on both offense and defense and the Steelers, they, they, they did enough and the defense, I, I'm trying to think, I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of points surrendered in the third. They gave up a touchdown in the third quarter at the very end of the quarter. But still, I liked how the offense was able to add points, something they didn't haven't done a lot of this year. Uh, but on top of that, I, I really liked how the Steelers were able to move the ball. Dave, you did you hit the nail on the head when you said they need to score more touchdowns. There was a time when we would have killed for nineteen points and and have that many scoring opportunities yeah. with Presley Harvin only punting the ball twice in a game. Uh, so when you think about it from that context, it's it, it's, it's a weird game. This was a strange game, with the Steelers find a way to. But come there's always to-
1: something to get better.
3: Sure, absolutely. They're not perfect. No way, no way are they perfect. Okay, we're gonna break this game down like we always do. We start on the offensive side of the ball and we talk position by position. No position is more important than the quarterback and Kenneth Shane Pickett KP eight. Kenny Pickett, as some call him, it's 16 of 28, 197, seven-yard average, one touchdown, no interceptions, was not sacked, a 90.9 rating. I'll say this: the interceptions remain at the goose egg, and that rating just keeps creeping up. So I, I like that, but still, what do you all think about uh, Kenny Pickett? We'll start with you, Dave.
1: Once again, I think he's making good decisions. He's not always right there. Y- you had the the possible touchdown pass to Matt to sorry Pat Freer that was a little bit too high. You had the possible touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson that was a little bit too short. You had another one. I said to you that was it, it was a pass to uh, to Frere-Muth in the first half that was at his feet. I, I said to you that I I felt like Pickett threw it away to at his feet on purpose because he went to throw the ball when Fairmouth wasn't looking like he was anywhere close to ready to look at him yet. So I don't know if that was intentional or not. I just thought that was a possibility. So you still have passes in there, and you still have some plays in there. Um, the the uh, the RPO that he decided to keep, he should have handed it off. But there's going to be plays in there that you're not going to do everything perfect. Um Defenders don't don't make a perfect tackle every play. Offensive linemen don't make a perfect block every play. Wide receivers don't run perfect routes every play. Kenny Pickett's not going to make perfect plays every play. I just want to see the, the decision-making and the processing continue to improve. And I think that I, I don't know that he took a big step forward from last week, but I don't feel that he took a step back or anything in that way. So he's continuing to do what he needs to do. All
3: right, Brian, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett?
1: Well,
0: first and foremost, I'm not going to play the rookie card like I kind of do every single week, and a lot of people do. But what I'm going to say is he did some stuff today that made me continue to feel that this is getting better and it's going to continue to improve the game is slowing down for him and Kenny Pickett is getting to the point where he's knowing how to manage this game now I'm not saying he's a game manager he knows how to manage this team he did something today very late in that game and it was simple it was just not running out of bounds when he could have you know he made sure he did not get out of bounds the clock kept rolling and that was a big part of this game so i mean i think he is figuring it out if he is doing if he's playing this way next season this is when that's when you worry but you expect somebody to take that leap between week 1 and week 2 and you can really see it happening we're not talking about him throwing interceptions and we're not making the claim that well at least he's getting those interceptions out of his system, they might be out of his system already. I knock on wood, but all I'm going to say about it is when you go four games and the last time that he threw an interception was the day before Halloween, you're going to take it.
3: It's hard to believe it. It's it's been a while, and the Steelers have not turned the ball over. Thanks thanks to Deontay Johnson's fumble being overturned, but they have not turned the ball over. We'll get to Deontay Johnson. Trust me. Uh, But they haven't turned the ball over since their bye week. It's incredible. And when you think about the interceptions, uh, I think Kenny Pickett's arrow is definitely still pointing up. And like Mike Tomlin, I I loved how he put it. It wasn't this week. It was last week. Uh, It's hard for me to remember where he said, is it happening as quickly as we'd all like? No, but he is still improving. He is still progressing. and I think that Kenny Pickett is starting to get a little bit comfortable here. And that's a good thing. Yeah. When he drops back to pass, there was a time right around that Miami game where you thought, oh, boy, here we go. Like when you saw Kenny Pickett trying to drive the ball down the field. I I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like he's reading defenses better. I feel like he's getting on the same page with his his pass catchers. And I think the offense, with their running game, starting to really find their footing – I I like the way that the offense and Kenny Pickett is trending. So for me personally, I like where Kenny Pickett is heading. Is there still stuff to clean up? Absolutely. There's stuff to clean up. Dave mentioned the underthrown pass to Deontay Johnson, the overthrow pass to Pat Friermuth. He also had some really nice throws that pass to Connor Hayward was right on the money and a great catch by Connor Hayward as a touchdown. Um, And there's just some plays where he makes where man, that was a really good throw. The throw to Steven Sims was unbelievably impressive he just couldn't bring it down for the first down early in the game. have a couple super chats here. We're going to get those on the screen. Justin Gall gives us $4.99. He said, game balls, Matt Canada and Matthew Wright. I, I'm, I've i got to be honest, Matthew Wright for sure. We'll get to the special well, teams. But Matt Canada, everyone loves mm-hmm. to bash the hell out of this guy. I was not upset with the play calling today. And we can talk about him now since there's a break and that someone decided to give us 5 bucks, which we thank you very much. Dave, what were your thoughts on the play calling while he brought it up?
1: Okay, well, one thing I was going to say about—I know we'll get to Matthew Wright. The other good thing, thing about Matthew Wright was the kickoffs. Okay, yes. so we got to make sure we talk about that as well. So it was more than just the field goals with Matt Canada. Once again, no, I, I didn't have any problem. Now, when the Steelers the only play that I can think of that I did not like was when the Steelers got in into the red zone, got backed up with penalties, and it was like, and it was first down and long. And it was what, like a first and 20. And they were, came out in an obvious running formation with, with their personnel and just ran the ball right up in the middle for two yards. That's probably the only one that bothered me because I'm like, you've got to get 20 yards and three downs because you don't want to just settle for a field goal here. That seemed a little bit more of a settle for a field goal. That's the only one that I didn't wasn't a big fan of. Otherwise, you know, I I don't really have a problem with anything. And you said it during the game. Everyone's so sure that Matt Canada is out of town. I mean, just, just look at even the last four weeks. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been improved and there's still five games to go. It's I, I'm not going to complain if Matt Canada is still around because he's doing a great job. I, I have no problem with Matt Canada. I just want him to do a good job.
3: Yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts on the play calling in Matt Canada?
0: Well, it definitely wasn't a dumpster fire, so we'll take that. It was the equivalent of a couple uh, pieces of paper crumbled up in the uh, little wastebasket next to your desk, so... Not too bad. You know, I'm not one to give this guy too much credit. I'll give him credit today.
3: But what nope. didn't you like? What, what I'll stop for a second. What didn't you like? I mean, I'm just curious because obviously Dave it's, said he liked it. You didn't like it. But what didn't you like? Oh, I, I didn't
0: say, I didn't say that I didn't like it. I just said, you know, it was, there were still a couple wadded up pieces of paper. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with Dave. I didn't like that one play call. Um, there's a few play calls that make me scratch my head, made me feel like Atlanta knew it was coming but it was a lot less than before.
3: No, and I wasn't saying that you said it was yeah. bad. I was just curious. I, I didn't know if you weren't happy with it. For me, when anymore, and this is, a, this is still like arrows pointing in the right direction for a play caller, when Matt Canada really looks like he doesn't know what's going on is when the Steelers go off schedule. So a penalty, a sack where they lose seven yards, and now all of a sudden they're in a Second and seventeen. That's when you see these these play calls. Where you're thinking, what in the world is going on? When they stayed on schedule in this game, you can go back to Indy. same thing. They they, they pretty much they ran the ball. And that's what Matt Canada wants to do. And they they, they got. think I think he did a good job. So we'll put it that way. Tom here gives us $5 a dollar for every win. They keep improving across the board. Perfect. No good enough to win. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. keep growing and winning. Here we go. Steelers. Thank you, Tom. He Where did you, it last yep. week too. He did it last yeah. week too. We got $4 from him. Last there week. you go. <laughs> Steel dog, uh, 88 gives us $5. He's, do you think Tom needs to sit down Pickens and have a talk? His body language is starting to become annoying, seeming he's the only player out there. Okay, let's talk about the pass catchers next. Since you bring up George Pickens, uh, let's see here. Pat, the receiving. Pat Firemuth leads with 76 yards, receiving the longest play of the day, 57 yards. That catch and run was impressive. He was targeted five times. Deontay Johnson was targeted 11 times, had five catches, 60 yards. Uh, you have Connor Hayward had one catch. Jaylen Warren had two. Benny Snell won. A slew of others had one. But George Pickens was only targeted two times, had one catch for two yards. Uh, let's start with uh, Dave. What, what did you think about the pass catchers and, in particular, Steel Dog 88's tip question, George Pickens? Go ahead.
1: He was back in Georgia. It was kind of one of those things I think he was really anticipating, and he just felt like he wasn't getting his opportunities. Um, so I could understand his frustrations because he thinks he can make the catch even when he's not as open as what other people are. And he can, we have seen it from George Pickens. I get it. But once again, I'm giving Jeff, I'm, I hope I'm not taking all of Jeff words. I'm giving Jeff the credit when he <laughs> says these things, Jeff said, you know, but it's when Kenny Pickett was throwing those passes when Pickens was still had people on him but was trying to get it in there is when he was throwing interceptions. Not necessarily to Pickens, but when receivers were, were that kind of open. So that might be part of it getting there. Um, I, this was probably one that Pickens wanted more than anything because of where they were playing, and it just didn't happen. I think they were – every time I saw, saw Pickens, it looked like – they were they, he had a guy on him and a guy over the top. Now, I couldn't see the All-22. I mentioned at least once to Jeff during the game that I said, I wish I could see the view, but it looks like there's someone on him and someone over the top that he was the guy they were trying to take away in that game. I think they were putting uh, Terrell on Deontay Johnson 101, their good cornerback, and then they were doing the help with George Pickens.
3: Brian, what are your thoughts on the pass catchers, i.e. George Pickens as well? Well, let's start with the pass catchers because I've got a whole
0: lot to say about the whole Pickens thing. You know, I'm still underwhelmed by Deontay Johnson and 11 passes to this guy is way too much. However, when Mike Tomlin is going to be asked about this and he's going to be, uh, we talked offline and either Jeff or Dave said that, you know, it was cowardice for nobody to to uh, ask Tomlin about it. Tomlin was probably just going to give him the run around on it anyways. And he was going to say this, well, we run and we, we take what is given to us. And I hate that. I think you try, I don't say you force it to Pickens, but I say you try to get imaginative to get this guy open. As far as the other guys, Pat Fryermuth looked pretty good. I love the Connor Hayward thing. Uh if you're a number one, if you're supposed to be the number one receiver, and we know Deontay Johnson is really a number two, but if you're only getting six of 11, is that correct? Or was it five of 11? Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think it was five. Five
1: Five of 11? 11. Yeah.
0: So what's that? That's usually a
1: bad recipe. Jeffrey Benedict talks about this a lot, about Deontay Johnson's targets being high is usually not a good recipe for the offense.
0: Yeah, so 45% or whatever that is to the exact number, I don't know. That's just not really good at all. I, I, I think that Kenny Pickens and the receivers are working together well. Now let's get back to Pickens real quick. Should Mike Tomlin sit him down? I I think it doesn't hurt to just have a hey buddy conversation. Hey, come here, Do you, you got a minute. And just explain, hey, you're our number one guy. And I realize that there's a lot of 14s in the audience here. There's a lot of people out here to see you and you want to shine. You definitely do. But we've got to, I mean, we got to think of 11 and not just one. And that's something that you can't continue to do. You can't be yelling at coaches. You can't be upset and mad about not getting the ball. You are going to get plenty of WR1 balls but it just didn't happen today. And I know you wanted it to happen in your hometown. It's kind of like the Montreal screw job, which we just celebrated the 25th anniversary of Bret Hart did not want to lose the title in Montreal <laughs> <laughs> and Vince McMahon and uh, Shawn Michaels kind of screwed him, And that's been a whole big thing. Yeah. This guy wanted to shine in the peach state where, where his home is where he played college football and it just didn't happen. And it's sticking in his craw, but Mike Tomlin, who is a very good players coach, as far as having those conversations with him, conversation will go a long way.
3: So the pass catchers, uh, you know, with Pickens, he he's got that. He's got that chip on his shoulder and that he wants the football, like Dave said, and Brian said it as well, that no matter what, Hey, if I'm covered, it doesn't matter. I'm open. I'm always open. I'm like seven 11. I'm always open. But the thing is, I'm not about to have George Pickens' behavior off like you know on the sidelines or him being visibly upset, deterring the fact that I am getting really sick and tired of Deontay Johnson. Deontay <laughs> Johnson's continual mistakes, drop passes, almost a fumble. Uh, and thankfully he learned a little bit from the issue last week where he caught the pass, could have gone north and south, gotten the first down, instead ran backwards, lost three yards. He learned from that and did more of the catch the ball, go north and get the first down. It's just infuriating to watch this guy. The false start again. That's the big one. I mean, these are Mm. the self-inflicted wounds that I'm sorry. I'm going to lean on people like KT Smith, who does the show with Brian every Friday, the Here We Go Steelers show. It's on our audio only side. So if you need to go check us out there, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. And Kevin talked about how, Receivers that continually jump off sides are ill-prepared and they're not focused on the basics, the fundamentals on your, you know, the, the the screws as they call it. So that that's bothersome for me. I'll take George Pickens wanting the football, Because George Pickens rarely has those brain farts that Deontay Johnson does, who is a veteran. I'm sorry. I'm really I've grown tired of this over and over again. This isn't an attitude thing. This isn't a he said this in the media thing. This is a flat out production or lack thereof thing, in my opinion. Yes, Brian said it. Deontay Johnson is a WR2, not a WR1. But then that's that's where the, the whole system would have to shift. And I don't know if they're willing to do that, at least not this offseason. So there you go. Any other comments about the pass catchers, Dave or Brian?
1: No, I'm glad you mentioned the penalty about with Deontay because that yeah. that one set off, that put them behind the chains deep. I mean, were they in the red zone at the time and it moved them out? Something. It was one, one of they that. They weren't. They what, were on the, the cutters. I'll
3: put it that way. But
1: that one, that one basically may have cost the – Put things in motion that cost the Steelers four points. Yeah, I'm not Brian. saying that specifically did, but that one. Yeah, go ahead, Brian.
0: I, I know we're all weary of having another A B on our hands in Pittsburgh, and that's really not. I I have no problem with George Pickens winning at the ball. I still think a little a little conversation does not hurt, but I'd rather have his passion than what I feel like is complete negative negativity. By Deontay Johnson. He's still, it's, he got 18 million and I don't have a problem with that. I I still don't have a problem with them signing him at the time. That was the right thing to do, but he has fans on top of him. He's making comments like, Hey, you're all going to come watch anyways. He is so negative. His, his mind is out the door, even though he got the money and being complacent is a lot worse than wanting the damn ball.
3: I want to get the super chat here. Uh, Crystal Privet gives us $2, says Muth was hot and they got away from him too soon. Najee, too, as in as well. You know, that's interesting. Uh, What was the time possession, Dave, in the second half? Do you have that number? Because the Falcons ran the ball right down the Steelers throats. And we're not talking about the defense yet, but they, they controlled the clock of, uh, unless that last drive, the Steelers had kind of even things out. Do you have that Dave? The no.
1: Falcons had the advantage of the second half, 1609 to 1351. So it was two minutes and 18 second advantage. Okay. All right. So and yeah. we do have another super chat that was in there
3: that you missed. Oh, shnikes. I missed it. Yeah. I got
1: it here. Todd Williams gave us a dollar 99 and I have his next comment. And anyway, we ready to go. Yeah. Um, or I did have it. Where'd it go? There it goes. He just said, "Hello, fellas. Appreciate all you do." Question: Do we throw the ball over the middle? Yeah,
3: they they threw the ball over the middle yeah. today. Uh, Deontay yeah. Johnson had a couple catches over the middle on rub routes where they was able to. One he dropped. I'm not going to mm-hmm. bring that up again. Uh, but uh, yeah, where they uh they, they they do throw the ball over the middle. Not a lot, but they do throw the ball. Over the it's gotten better. Monster <laughs> gives us a monster nineteen gives us a dollar ninety nine. Says, "Woo, we're we're going streaking." Dave, bring your hat. He's referring to old school. That's right. Snoopaloop. Oh, I love it.
0: Snoopaloop. loop. <laughs> I tell you what, I you know, Monster's my favorite because he looks like the happiest guy. Can we invite him? I don't know what state he's in, but I want to watch a game with him because he just seems like he's going to be fun.
3: I'm hanging out with Monster. 19. There you go. There you go. So the Steelers threw for 197, but the their bread and butter and what's become their bread and butter is their running game. And the Steelers ran the ball very well in this game. 154, 154 yards, 37 rushes, a 4.2 average. They didn't score a touchdown. They only had a long run of 14. That tells you how they kind of grinded this game out. Najee Harris, is, Najee Harris finishes 17 of 86, a 5.1-yard average. I'm sure someone's going to still say he's blind and has horrible vision. Denny Snell, 6 for 24, 4-yard average. Steven Sims jet sweeps three for 19 Kenny Pickett seven for 14. And then they had a couple, uh, sprinkled in there at the end. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the running game?
1: It's what they've been doing and it's what they need to do. And they continue to move the ball. They, they did not completely run the clock out running the ball, but they put themselves in a good situation, being able to run the ball and sprinkle in that pass to Deontay Johnson. Um, there, there at the end, when you got down to it and you knew they had to run it because of the way the clock was going, it made it a little bit more difficult. But all in all, I mean, how how can you not be happy with another um, 154 yards? But the other one, I like, believe it or not, the 37 carries just goes to show that they are going to stick with it, and I want them to stick with it, but the game is also played out in a way that they can. And that's been really nice
3: and a a positive thing for the Steelers is that
1: they can continue to stick with the run game based on the game situations.
3: Before I throw it over to Brian, I do want to mention that uh, Najee Harris did have six yards receiving. So if you're adding it up, he finished with 92 total yards, a really good game I thought for Najee Harris, but Brian, go ahead. What do you think about the running game? What a difference 35 days
0: make because right after that Philadelphia game, all we wanted to talk about is how sick we were of Najee dancing and not being right in this running game was a complete mess and now 35 days later here we are saying this is exactly what we were praying for all season long this is what we wanted from the beginning this is what we're getting major major props to the five and i'm going to just quote i'm going to quote my comment on this the five big boys up front And that's what he said. The big boys up front and Najee and he made sure he threw Najee in there are doing exactly everything that's being asked of them. So you can't complain about the running game
3: for me. And we'll talk about the offensive line here shortly. For me, I look at this, just the box score. And I see Najee Harris, 16 carries, Benny Snell, six. And yes, you have Jalen Warren only had one carry and you throw in the jet sweeps and Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris was the bell cow back, but it it didn't really feel like it. It, At least for me. I mean, he was in there the majority of the time. He saw a lot of snaps. But I I just thought that the the Steelers are utilizing their backs and their running game in a very unique way. They're using Kenny Pickett's legs. I think Kenny Pickett is being smart with when he runs the ball. Najee Harris, as everyone's saying in the live chat, looked like Najee Harris that we saw last season where he's breaking runs. Looks like he stopped for three finds a way to get two, three more yards. Like this this is just great to see crazy stiff arm. Yes. Another fantastic (laughs) stiff arm, not as good as the one against the Raiders last year, but it was a a good stiff arm nonetheless, but it's, this is the calling card. This is the recipe for success right here. What do we always talk about? Limit pickets attempts. What does he have? 28 run the football. They run it 37 times for one Don't turn it over check 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 and the Steelers win another football game but let's talk about the offensive line before we leave the offense altogether Dave what do you like about the hogs up front
1: no sacks 150 yards rushing felt like you could do what you wanted to do on offense um yeah I I I, they never showed the false start they said it was on Dan Moore one of the Steelers beat writers said it was actually on Kevin Dotson I they said the wrong number I I don't know um there wasn't a hold in this game, was there? Um there was an illegal hands to the face. Um what well, wasn't there with yes. on 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 one. Um I got to look back. Did they reinforce that once once it was overturned?
3: I believe they did.
1: Okay, yeah, but that 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 was the change in the in, in everything. So yeah, I I I love what the, as as a unit, as a unit, what they were doing. Um, I this was my biggest fear coming into the season. I've said it many times, that is every play gonna be like, oh my goodness, what can you do with no offensive line? And they and they did it. So that was I I Chuk's missed one play. He was other he's been the only one now other than Cole that's missed a play this season, I do believe. Um, but I I I'm really happy with what what they did in this game.
3: Brian, you already talked about the offensive line a little bit. Anything you want to add? I'm just going to go simple. They are no longer the Achilles
0: heel of this team. And if they are still the Achilles heel, then I'll take it because I love the way they're playing. And I'm going to, I've been really hard on Dan Moore Jr. lately. And I was always hard on Chooks for Heck, way back when I thought Marcus Gilbert sucked for the first couple of years. (laughs) And then I'm like, yeah, I was wrong about that one. I hope I'm wrong about Chooks. And right now I think he's proving me wrong. Like Dan Moore Jr., he uh, is—he's a warrior. I will give him that. And he played a whole lot better in this game this week. And remember, we haven't talked about this in this game for any
3: aspect of the Steelers that we were talking about. This was a stay week. This was a short week. Yeah, I was going
1: to bring it up. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's very good. And then I I give Brian a lot of props because you know Brian—you know—he'll say some crazy stuff. But if he's wrong, he'll say I made—I was wrong—and he'll go back and then. Some A lot of people in today's day and age never want to admit that they're wrong. Brian, kudos for that. Uh, <laughs> th- but think back to the preseason even. When we came out of the preseason, what, what was the narrative? It doesn't matter what quarterback's back there. They're going to get killed anyways. And that's what everyone thought. James Daniels completely whiffing on blocks. It was concerning. I'm not going to lie. It was concerning. This has become a really good group. Not great, but a really good group. And if they can stay together, stay healthy, then that's, that's really, really good stuff. All right. So on the audio side, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear from our sponsors. However, on the Facebook, YouTube side, we'll be right back after this break.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment.
3: All right, Steeler fans, we are back. The postgame show, talking about the Steelers' 19-16 to win over the Atlanta Falcons in Week 13. And it's time to talk about the defense. The one part of the defense that was just absolutely atrocious was the rush defense, and that's where I want to start. I want to start with the rush defense. Why? Because the Atlanta Falcons ran the ball right down their throats to the tune of 146 yards on 28 carries, averaging 5.2 yards per rush. Is it Cordero Cordero, Patterson? Cordero. Cordero, There you go. I don't know. Cordero Patterson had 11 for 60, 5.5 average. Uh, Tyler Algier, 10 for 52, 5.2 average. Mariota, 3 for 17, 5.7. And Caleb Huntley, 4 for 17, 4.3. They had a long rush of 22 yards. Uh, Dave, we talked about this a lot. The running defense was rough. What were your thoughts?
1: My thoughts were I, I I agree with Coach Tomlin, and that was kudos to Atlanta understanding your offensive line is good, your offensive line can get pushed. the no joke. the Falcons rushed for 28 yards in the first half on six carries. 28 yards six carries in the first half. Now the Steelers were controlling the ball, the time of possession, but they came out in the second half and it was just like another kudos, one Jeremy Betts on the All Bets Are Off segment on, on the Let's Ride podcast on Friday saying Atlanta won't give up on the run. Not only did I, they, they didn't even, they weren't giving the run much of a chance in the first half. They realized that they needed to come out and run the ball in the second half in order to try to grind their way back into this game. And they did. They were getting. Great push. They were doing a good job. I'm not, I've got to go back and watch a little bit better. I don't feel like it was the Steelers were doing a terrible job. They just weren't winning compared to the Falcons. I feel like that's why the Falcons rush offense is one of the best in the league coming in. That's exactly why they didn't give up on it. Did the Steelers need to be better and and still be able to come through and make the plays? Absolutely. So you were expect there to be some yardage when it came through at the end. I would have liked to have seen them keep them, you know, more under the 120 yard range when you're talking about an offense that runs the ball so much. So in all, I think the Steelers run defense was, was lacking as one of the things as their biggest strength coming into this game, but it was also because Atlanta was doing a great job.
3: Very well said, Brian, what are your thoughts on the run defense? Well, I don't want to rail too
0: hard on these guys um, because, you know, I I could really mirror almost everything that Dave Schofield just said there. I I thought they were coming in. I thought this was how they were going to beat the Steelers. So I want to channel one of my favorites and I've been doing this lately and gosh the guy lived in atlanta for a long time it's the american dream dusty roads and all i have to say is, <laughs> and i've got an apb out on dave because the number he threw out was i was all ready for this 28 yards baby 28 yards daddy that's all they <laughs> gave to the atlanta falcons daddy and then they couldn't shut him down but the, at the end they did
3: I just hope that replaces your yens or permanently. That's is, all I'm I gonna promise. say. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I could When Dave brings it down and and Brian as well talks about, you know, the, the Falcons, they did run the ball. They have a very good running offense. It's just so demoralizing. You know, it's just yeah, so demoralizing to watch a team move down the field and not throw a pass until. I don't know. Mariota hit their tight end on a third and short. They were going to go for it on fourth, anyways, and they get into the red zone. I'm thinking they they, they can't stop the run. They're, their they're touchdown drive.
1: They ran it every play until the touchdown pass.
3: Yeah, and, and that's that's where it, for me it, it it really is disheartening because the, you know the Steelers. I, I guess maybe it's just a Steelers thing. Brian, go ahead. You
0: know, Mike Tomlin referenced this in his press conference, and I had a laugh because he said, you know, the Falcons they came back the running game. They got tight. <laughs> <laughs> t- t- t.
3: so all right so the rush defense uh you know i do want to give props if, if anyone listened to the post-game press conferences i haven't heard all of them yet but i did get to hear cam haywards uh you know cam was rocking an Ironhead head falcons jersey in his post-game press conference talked about how emotional he was they asked have you talked to your brother connor uh which we didn't even mention connor's touchdown really too much in the offensive side of the podcast but he said, I haven't really yet because when he scored, I was just, he said, I'm glad there wasn't a camera on me because I was really like just balling. And that's because and that's where he grew up because his dad played down in Atlanta. Uh, so want to give some props to Cam. It was pretty cool. He got the sack and then Connor scored the touchdown shortly after was a really cool uh, combination there. But uh, Tyler W gives us $5. His number six run defense is an illusion caused by our past defense being so bad. Don't need to run it when we give up the deep passes. I wish Watt was healthy. Uh, Watt, who uh Mike Tomlin said after the game was beat up pretty well, I think pretty beat up was the actual words that he said. Uh I wrote the article you think I'd know, but still, uh, you know, he's pretty beat up. He's dealing with a rib injury, the pecs probably not perfect, uh, the knee, all that stuff, but still, I think Tyler W, you're also correct that the, the pass defense is is pretty rough. But they might move up a little bit this week after Marcus Marietta throws for 167 yards. 13 for 24, had one touchdown, one interception. Thank you, Minka. One sack for seven yards. The Steelers finished with quarterback, only three quarterback hits. But again, they're not throwing the ball that much. Only 24 attempts. It's tough. He finished with a 72.7 rating. What do you all think about the – we'll combine the pass rush and the pass defense together. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. All right. Well,
1: just one thing to finish up the rushing thing. They they, remember – they they was frustrating to give it the 144 yards. They still held Atlanta under their average of 160. So when it came to the pass defense, I still think the biggest advantage was and and the Steelers. I think they played it this way. If Marcus Mariota was going to going to beat them throwing the ball deep, they were willing to let that be what they were going to do. If he had to throw it deep to beat them, they were fine, and that's what they kind of were. A, a, I I feel like there were times it felt like guys were open deep and and Mariota wasn't hitting them. It's not like the Steelers were going up against the most dynamic passing offense in the league because they definitely aren't. But they did what they needed to do. And once again, it's kind of the opposite of what Tyler W. was saying. They were – the Falcons weren't passing the ball. I mean, they really were not passing the ball. In the second half, they threw eight passes. They threw eight passes in the second half. They caught four of them and Minka Fitzpatrick caught one.
3: <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of as if they, in the first half they were uh, like, Hey, what if we trick them and we come out and throw the ball? You know, well, like maybe the, they were looking into the, the Steelers being a bad yeah, pass defense. Think about like 05 <laughs> AFC divisional game when no one thought the Steelers were going to come out with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and slinging the ball around. And he did. It's almost like then they went in half. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Like, why don't we just run the ball down their throats? And mm-hmm. then they see success. But still, hey, the Steelers found a way. Brian, what were your thoughts on did Dave, Did you get the answer to answer the first initial question well, about which the was pass, about the pass defense and pass rush? I think mean, you kind of I didn't say anything I, I went, really about
1: the pass rush, but I said bottom line is there was a lot of pass defense crack in the second half, and that and that it. I don't think the Steelers were overly scared by their passing game. Yeah, Brian, your turn. What do you think?
0: I'm gonna throw some kudos. If we're gonna throw kudos at Matt Canada, I'll throw kudos at Terrell Austin. They knew that they were gonna have a tough time against the defense. They knew they were they knew that they were in a position where the defense could you go ahead and sit back and if they throw they can be ready for it but not uh, not be too worried about it i thought they played a really good game on defense altogether the passing defense was good and when you come up with your superstar one of your superstars excuse me but the superstar of the secondary coming up with a pick six uh, not a pick six excuse me coming up with the pick at the end of the game a lot of people thought it should have been a pick six well i don't care
1: yeah i mean you why even give the team a chance to touch the ball again and then if something crazy happens and then they get onside kicking about why not just keep it in your own possession it was it, it was a smart play but i would have liked to have seen the extra yeah. the extra seven points
0: we all would have loved to have seen it <laughs> but at the end of the game you know that w is the big thing so i mean i i thought a decent game on defense despite a lot of the rushing yards remember you know the steelers had the steelers had all those field goals you know there's a lot of uh
3: Field goals with Ku in there as well. Mm-hmm. What was the final over under on the game? Anyone know? Was it? 42 I think it. And a half? I think
1: it went up to forty three when I did. Okay. um All right. Did that, so it was because
3: if the touchdown would have counted, it would have been a uh, a forty two on the dot, and that was uh, just really interesting because I'm sure there were some people that were uh, really mad at me i make passion.
1: i make <laughs> picks with those kinds of things but honestly i don't do it enough to care i didn't yeah. i wouldn't care if this game would have been six to three 19 to 16 42 to 41 you ultimately want the win but you want to see good things in the win and you can see it i think um with, with this game while also seeing what places to grow
3: I do want to say that you know Drake London finished six of ninety six receptions on eleven targets for 95 yards. I didn't realize he had that much. Kid's gonna be a good good receiver.
1: He's basically all they had. Yeah, he's gonna be the passing
3: game for sure. Uh, just to highlight some defensive statistics here, Minka Fitzpatrick finished seven tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss, a pass defense, obviously, and an interception. Levi Wallace, Levi Wallace, the second leading tackler with six total tackles, three solo. Miles Jack six for two uh, in terms of quarterback sacks. The Steelers. That's here. Um, who had a Cam? Cam. Cam. The lone only sack, sack in the game. Sack. Uh, okay, so let's talk about special teams because we need to talk about special teams. Matthew Wright four for four on field goals, one for one on extra points. But I think it was Dave that mentioned earlier. Matthew Wright's kickoffs were just fantastic in terms of direction distance limiting Patterson in the return game, but big press our boy, big press. He only has to punt the ball twice. And was there anything prettier than the punt with it? I'm sure a lot of Steelers fans were like, kick the field goal. And now they decide to punt, pin them deep. And it's like that beautiful little wedge wedge shot in golf that just checks right next to the hole for a tap in birdie. Guys, what did you think about special teams? Dave, we'll start with you.
1: Well, I said it bef- when it was coming. And if the, I said, well, in that third down play, if they run, I'm like, if they pick up four yards, then you can think about the field goal. Um, I'd rather them pick up the first ga- down and, and the game. I said, but if it's the same thing, and 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 uh, Pickett was wi- wisely went down, even though it was – I'm pretty sure it was a one-yard loss on the play. Um, but it wasn't a sack because it was a run play all the way. That um, – I felt that the punt was the smart move because the last thing you wanted to do was give them that good field position if you don't hit from what was it going to be, 53 or 54, that – could they – Could the, do, do you really think that Atlanta throwing the ball could move it even 80 yards? Well, I mean, it would have needed 80 if it was a 20. That, I mean, could they have moved it the, the 50 yards that they needed in that amount of time, let alone that they pinned them back at the two-yard line? Um, I, I thought that was the wise thing to do before they even made the decision. Um, I'm glad that they did. But what's even better is that they executed the big thing was, is you can make that decision to punt all you want, but if you don't execute it, and they executed it greatly, um, Matthew Wright, like I said, it wasn't into the, it wasn't touchbacks every time, but he kept it away from Patterson. Patterson lined up on one side, he went the other way. The, when he went to Patterson, is when you, you, he, but he was coming up shorter. You kick it over his head. I, th- I thought all those were a nice job.
3: Brian, thoughts on the special teams.
1: Well, I'm gonna
3: say let's just uh, fast forward
0: to the uh, the exit interviews at the end of this year, and I could see Danny Smith coming in. And, hey, uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> our, I'm just gonna tell you. Remember that Atlanta game on December 4th. <laughs> you got to keep me around, and that's it. That's, that's all that's gonna happen. Um, so, look, uh, full disclosure. I had to leave at the two minute warning to go pick up my kid. So I had to do dad duty. So I did not see the punt. Oh, I did not see Minka yet. And I'm going to, cause I have it, but my gosh, Hillgrove and Wolf were on point today. They, they were just perfect. And I feel like I saw everything the way they called that. And Hillgrove said something. He said, man, if I could get a chip shot like that, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be playing professionally on Saturdays and Sundays. You know, so yeah. and he just said how perfect that was. No, I, I thought really, you know, a good game all way around on the special teams. I rail on them a lot, and you know I do this week, no problem. But coach, yep, that's what he's gonna. He's gonna he's gonna not let anybody forget this.
3: Well, I don't know if the Steelers are going to need Matthew Wright anymore because technically Chris Boswell could come off the injured reserve. Wait.
1: Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, this is the fourth game.
1: Well, remember, he missed a game, but he wasn't on IR that first game. Tomlin brought it up. Tomlin said,
0: hey, that's for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so did, did he president. miss
1: the Philly game? That's what I'm trying to remember. No,
3: he got put on injured reserve, I think, over the bye.
1: Yeah, well, because everyone thought, oh, he's coming back because they got rid of Skiba, and that wasn't what it was. Right.
3: So uh, th- then he went on IR. So I think he, he could be coming back this week. Depends on the groin, but still, Matthew Wright's living right. Yeah. Any any guy that can bank him in off the uprights two weeks in a row is doing something right. Whatever you're doing, Matthew, keep doing it because you're living right. Uh, but no, Presley Harvin's punt, that was a thing of beauty for sure. And And you have to credit the – the guys going down the field too, like miles Boykin who's smart enough to reestablish himself out of the end zone before the touch in the football. Like you can't make those stupid dumb mistakes that some teams make with the heels on the goal line or something like that. Just a beautiful sequence there with the Steelers offense, really using up a lot of clock. They pin them deep at the two next play interception game over victory formation. It was a really great way to end the game. So, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about this win in, uh more of a global fashion. The Steelers are now five and seven. They come back to Accra Shore Stadium and they host the Baltimore Ravens in week 14, who could be without Lamar Jackson after he left the game uh, against the, the Broncos. They won the game, I think 10 to nine. Uh, they could be facing a, a Lamar Jackson less Ravens team. Where's your mind right now? Just curious after this win heading forward, Dave, go ahead.
1: Well, you know where my mind is. Uh, I, I alluded to it earlier. I said it to you. Um, off air that. The the Steelers needed to go at least three and one in the third quarter. So they didn't sweep the AFC champions from last year and and they ended up going one and one against Cincinnati. But they still went three and one, won the games they needed to win otherwise. And now they have themselves in a situation that if that Baltimore comes into Pittsburgh regular week, regular rest. If the Steelers find a way to win this one, you can then talk about how things are going forward. I've said the biggest game they have all season is the next one. This one really is the big one. They've been building, but but they had to get to this point to still be, you know, a, a team that hadn't lost eight or nine games by the time they're finally playing Baltimore. This one is a, Big one. I don't know if they could come back and make any kind of noise in the division. It, I mean, right now Cincinnati's up fourteen to three on Kansas City, so I don't know if anything could happen there. And like Baltimore did, pull one out today by the one point. Um, Denver missed a was short on a really long field goal at this time expired. But I'm not as much worried about that as the Steelers if they could find a way to to, to get to nine wins. The only way you're getting there. Is by defeating the Baltimore Ravens the first time you face them because they're the they're the only team left on your schedule that has a winning record. So the first time you, you face them at home, none of the rest matters if you can get that one.
3: Brian, where's your where's your head right now with the Steelers? My head's uh in
0: two different places, and that's a good place to be because right now I'm still looking at the fact that you know some of the teams ahead of them for the draft pick one. So that's good news. So they didn't kill themselves by winning, but you want them to win. You don't really want to care about a draft choice. You want to not only be doing a tanking guide next week. You want to do a rooting guide for the playoffs. And now, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Now you start looking if, if they win a few in a row and they get to maybe two in a row and you get to the point, like Dave said, you get to Baltimore and you get past Baltimore, then all eyes are on those other teams that are uh, looking for a wild card and you have an opportunity to do that. What happens if you uh, Baltimore's not perfect? And Dave said something, and I don't know if you brought it up just now, but you said it also offline. You said, you know, you'd rather have a Lamar that <laughs> yeah, is weakened. Did you just mm-hmm. say that? No, because I didn't say
1: it, like, it okay. here. I said it to us before we started. Okay. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have a hobbled Lamar to go of, of who you're going up against. Than, and, than, the, than Huntley. And
0: and here's the thing with that, you know, yeah, I would take a hobbled Lamar too, but we're going to be looking at it. Um, Wang Harbs came out today and said, this is not season ending. This is days to weeks. So to me, days to weeks kind of means weeks. So I have a feeling that you're not going to see him, but you, you won't know until last minute, but you have the luxury to prepare for Huntley just like you almost like you would prepare for Lamar and so uh, looking forward one week at a time but I'm looking both ways now and I'm thinking uh, I think I'm gonna have to put another article on the the ledger this week and uh, put more on my agenda and on my plate because now I'm looking well there could be hope if this happens and this happens and this happens here
3: Yes, yeah, so something Dave said, I can't remember when he said it, but he said, all I want is that when they show the AFC playoff picture, it says in the hunt and the Steelers are there. Nice. Yeah. They are there. They're finally at five and seven. They are going to be on there, and they've won two games in a row. So any six maybe, and you know,
1: seven, they're yeah. definitely there.
3: If six and seven beat the Ravens. You're you're going to yeah, have your name there. None of
1: that mattered. They They had to win the last two games to get there. So that's why you had to stay focused on those.
3: And I don't want to like, you know, crap on this game, but ultimately it's freaking Ravens week starting right now.
1: Yes, it is. And
3: for those through the three of us on this screen, or you listening to in your car or in your headphones? We live in this damn state and it <laughs> means more this Ravens week than any other week. These two weeks, the Steelers haven't lost to the Ravens since 2019. So let's keep that streak going. That's one I'd love to see and win three in a row, but all right, let's do some final thoughts before we get out of here, Dave, go ahead.
1: Well, you basically brought up everything that, that is my final <laughs> thoughts. Were the Steelers perfect today? No. Were they playing an opponent that that is that, that might not have been the strongest opponent that they could face? No, but they did enough to win the game. If you're gonna have games that you settle for field goals and not touchdowns, you still want that to be in, in a winning effort. Next week. They've got to, to do a better job of finding the touchdown zone. They are back at Acreshire Stadium. Things are going to be loud and crazy. It's a one o'clock game. I don't think they're moving the moving the the, the game to, like they wouldn't move it all the way. To Sunday they couldn't have to. They would have already had to move it to 425 if they're going to. So it's it's when God intended football to be played in the NFL. So they will be playing at one o'clock. Ooh, and and this is this is just a really big week. What's also interesting is now the Steelers – there's the possibility that the Steelers might have ended the Marcus Mariota um, time in Atlanta. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick might have put a bow on that one because they head into their bye week – And they have a rookie quarterback that they might be interested in seeing what they can do. The only thing changing there is is the fact that they are are still right there in their division because their division is so terrible. Imagine right now the Steelers could be right there in the division if they were in the NFC South. But it, it is what it is. I'm happy. I'm excited. They they gotta find, I think they can beat this Baltimore team. I the question is, will they put it together in the way that they could? I'm already looking forward to that one. Bring it on,
3: Brian. Final thoughts, go for it.
0: You know, I said at the beginning when I did the whole diving board thing and Roddy Dangerfield and the triple Lindy and all that. You know, it, it, this is this is kind of a 2 a.m. game, but it's a different kind of 2 a.m. game, and I'm gonna tell you why. It's because usually in 2 a.m. games, you have to come back, you get right in scratch, and you get back in, and you're not proud of it. Now, I'm noticing something that the Steelers have been doing this season when they do win games. If they have to hold on to a lead, they're holding on to the lead. They might They might lose it for a little bit, but guess what? They know how to come back. They don't completely lose the grip on the game. So one thing that we have not heard from anybody in the media, we didn't say it, the fans haven't said anything about it, is they're playing down to their competition. No, they're playing to their competition. They're just playing nameless gray faces right now. Next week, when they play the Baltimore Ravens, that's not nameless, that's not gray, that's black and purple. And that's the wang we know. And when you play the Wang, you know, you you know what you do? You rise up. And I'm really excited for next week's game. There's going to be like 17 renegades throughout that game. They they are going to be up. And this is the kind of game that you find out who you are. You look in the mirror, and the mirror looks back at you and goes, That's right! That's gonna- who we are.
1: I saying, they've just got to find a way to beat that Wang. Oh I thought that he was
3: going to say beat the Wang. I,
1: sure. I knew that was coming.
0: Hey, if the Wang <laughs> is there and it gives you the opportunity, yes,
1: you beat it. Oh, just wait till the Steelers preview on Thursday night.
3: <laughs> That'll be good. The Wang rises again. I,
0: I didn't even plan any of that
3: okay all right it's Ravens week the Steelers win the game so far since the bye. I mean technically everyone says what you got to beat the Saints You're, the Bengals are tough you got to beat the Colts you got to beat the Falcons see what you do against the Ravens there you go that's exactly what's happened it's Ravens week it is Ravens week. Let's get psyched for that. Let's get geared up for it. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Follow us on all of our podcasts, not just the ones that are live on YouTube and Facebook. Search Steelers or behind the Steel curtain on any audio platform. You get my Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Dave stat geek on Thursday. Brian's bad language on Monday, as well as his Here We Go Steelers show with Kevin Smith that I referenced earlier in the show. Check us out there as well. Steelers win 19-16. Next week, we'll be back for another post-game show. Take it easy, everyone. We'll see you later.
1: Everybody else gets a little tight.